Hey folks, welcome to another episode of The Electables. This is Doug Thornell. As always, I'm joined by super producer Michael Peliquin. Mike, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. I'm liking this uh, this title you have for me, Doug. Super producer? Super producer. Like You're it. like my Gary Delabonte. <laughs> <laughs> for That's folks good. who don't know who Gary Delabonte is, he is Howard Stern's That's right. uh, longtime producer. Um, so things are, look, we're um, uh, a little more over, a little more than three weeks from the election. Um People are already starting to vote. It's clear that I think one of the most critical votes right now is uh, for this election is the black vote, um, particularly for um, progressives. Um, there has been uh, a um, you know a probably I think the most concerted aggressive effort to mobilize and turn out. Uh, low-frequency, low-propensity black voters that we have seen in many years, and that is uh, being led by the NAACP's civic engagement campaign. And I'm really lucky, we're really lucky to have Dominic Whitehead uh, on the show today. Uh, He is the National Civic Engagement Director for the NAACP. He is running this program, which is in uh, uh, 10 or 11 states right now. Uh, it's a combination of both voter direct and indirect voter contact, as well as a, a pretty massive paid media campaign. Uh, Dominic uh, came, uh, came to the NAACP from AFSME, where he was a uh, who was he was in their political shop, and he's been a longtime organizer, graduate of Bethune Cookman in uh, 2010. He's one of the top strategists out there, a great organizer, uh, and I'm working closely with uh, Dom on some uh, African-American turnout efforts uh, for this campaign. So we've gotten to know each other really well over the last uh, two or three months, and it's great to have you on the show, Dom. Um, thank you for joining us. No, thank you, Doug. Thank you for um, having me on today, um, as well as working closely with the NAACP on all of our efforts um, to increase Black voter turnout this election cycle. So let's break it down for folks. Tell us about the civic engagement campaign. How did it start? Um, what are the what's the purpose? What's the goal? What are the components of it? Um, take us through from like when this concept came about and then sort of where we are today in terms of executing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the civic engagement campaign, it, it really is at the NAACP, it, it, it really was a, it's a five-year plan, if you will, uh, that President and CEO Derek Johnson um, has been laying the groundwork and the foundation um, over the last few years. We started this program and our civic engagement work um, back in 2018 to prepare for, to prepare to get us to where we are today um, overall. And then of course, um, post 2020, there's a lot of work to get done too um, as well. Uh, but in terms of today and in 2020 and, and our civic engagement program, um, we want to focus in on this election cycle and the last few election cycles on the data actually driving us um, to infrequent black voters and how do we turn out infrequent black voters and engage them in a different way um, that we haven't really been engaging and touching them um, over the last past um, election cycles, not just, you know, NAACP 
Kentucky, but when you think of traditional campaigns um, and or traditional progressive organizations who are doing work, um, deep political or deep organizing work, we oftentimes don't reach out to infrequent Black voters in terms of a mobilization push, uh, but more so uh, just in terms of a late turnout push around GOTV. So NAACP, we wanted to approach the work differently um, this election cycle. So last year in 2019, during the off year, um, with our partner GSSA, a data analytics firm led by Dr. Albert Yates out of Denver, Colorado, uh, we sat down, we strategized, and we thought through how can we uh, impact direct relational, indirect relational organizing. Um, when we use the word relational organizing, oftentimes we think of and we say, uh, you know, grab your 10 nearest friends, family members, and organize them to do something, right? Whether it's voting, um, organizing a party, a fundraiser, we want to come with a different approach and say, hey, NAACP, we will send you um, a list of names of infrequent Black voters or, or low propensity voters in your neighborhood, in your community, um, that need to be touched in a different way by someone that looks like them, by someone that is in their community directly, by someone who knows what they're going through um, on the day-to-day -day basis in terms of what's happening across the country, particularly for Black folks. Um, so we developed this program in 2019, and over the last year, it evolved um, to where we focused in on focusing on how do we engage high propensity black voters as a part of this program. Um, so late in the spring, early June, we've recruited and started an early volunteer recruitment program where we were recruiting NAACP members and high propensity black voters in our priority states that we're focusing in on this cycle. So think black voters that vote nonstop and engaging them to sign up to be a volunteer with the NAACP. Um, sign up to text, to make phone calls, um, to send emails, um, to engage with low propensity voters in their community. Uh, we did this uh, through a few different ways. Uh, we did this through text messaging, peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, through phone banking, virtual phone bank, if you will. Um, but then also working with, as you know, Doug, SKDK on our paid media um, and our paid media, radio and digital program, where we focus in on our first phase of our program from late July until September um, with strictly volunteer recruitment targeted towards high propensity black voters um, on digital, radio, text messaging, as well as the virtual phone bank. Um, to date, we have recruited over 180,000 um, volunteers um, across the various states. These volunteers, again, consist of NAACP members, um, partners, and we say partners from the Divine Nine organizations of think traditional Black um, organizations that do work with us, the faith-based community, um, as well as non-NAACP members and non-partners as well. Um, and with that being said, we are now in the process of what we call our phase two or our GOTV um, program, which um, launches off actually tomorrow. So we're extremely excited about this. So all of those volunteers that we've signed up um, over the last three and a half months um, to, to, to engage into our program, starting tomorrow, they will re receive a list of 20 names. Some folks will receive their list via text. Some folks will receive their list via email. Um, and then some folks will receive their list through our direct mail program. Um, as well. Um, and they'll receive their list of 20 names. Uh, along with that list will be a, a Salesforce tool or relational organizing tool that we're using where when folks receive their list of names, they have a volunteer ID specific to them, enter in their, their, their zip code and their names will populate uh, the potential voters they will be talking to and engaging this election cycle. Um, so we thank COVID-19, if, if you will, 
Uh, we had to get creative and really think through how can we still have direct impact in terms of direct voter contact and indirect voter contact. And this is one of the ways through our indirect relational organizing program. And uh, what states are you currently operating in? Currently, we are in Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Pennsylvania, Alabama. Um, and then we're doing a few things in Nevada as well as Virginia. That's a that's quite a big uh, map. Um, do you recall? I mean, I, I don't recall anything like this at, at this scale uh, that the NAACP has done. Um, and a lot of credit goes to, um, you know, your the president and CEO, Derek Johnson, who, um, you know, is uh, he came aboard just uh, only just a couple years ago. Um, and uh, he has really, um, you know, just sort of revamped how you all are going about energizing and turning out and communicating with black voters. Um, talk, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, sort of uh President Johnson's sort of vision, I, I, I because this is and this is this is this is something that hasn't happened at this scale before. No, absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, we saw in 2008 and 2012, right? We saw that happen. Um, with black voter turnout. Um, oftentimes we, we have this joke at the NAACP um, and at other organizations that in terms of black voter turnout, um, President Barack Obama was the biggest organizer around that, right? Um, but then um, post-2012, we, we saw a decrease or an incline um, not only um, during the midterm elections in 2014, um, but most importantly, we saw an incline in the 2016 presidential election um, of black voter turnout. Um, you think of Wayne County, right in Michigan, um, in Detroit, uh, we saw a, 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 a decrease of black voter turnout there, the same as in Milwaukee um, and Wisconsin. Um, so from that, President Johnson, uh, and when he took the reign here at the association, his main thing and our main focus in terms of civic engagement is how do we utilize the data um, to ensure that we are talking to our people um, and having conversations directly with our people and not just a mobilization or turnout conversation, um, but actually having conversation, engaging folks around issues. Oftentimes folks don't think African-Americans or, or Black folks, uh, particularly during these major presidential election cycles uh, or midterm elections, don't need persuasion, if you will. Um, but here at the NAACP, we know that we have to talk to our voters and we have to talk to the Black community on issues that directly impact and matter to them. And connecting that back to civic engagement um, in terms of our field work, our relational organizing work, and everything that we're doing. Um, so when President Johnson came on board, one of the, the biggest things he wanted to focus in on was, one, cleaning up our data so we can know who we're talking to. Uh, we're the 111-year-old organization. We oftentimes say we, we are the oldest um, civil rights organization um, in the country. Uh, so that means a lot. Um, but if we are not, if we don't know who we're talking to and we're continuing to talk to ourselves, we're not doing anything in terms of moving the needle, um, not only during election cycles, but any other work that we're focusing in on. Um, but then the second thing I will lift up as well, um, and we've done a lot of this in 2018, 19, and definitely a lot this year um, and, and 2020, is the research. Um, we actually took the time, and, and President Johnson as well as the civic engagement team is really big um, on much, much, much research um, in terms of polling, engaging, 
uh, research around um, the, the modes and the moves of high propensity voters and low propensity black voters. Um, but this election cycle, we've seen a lot of changes happen already. Um, so we dove into research around um, vote by mail and what that means for the black community and other communities of color. Um, so I would say data and research are the two focal points um, that President Johnson has been lifting up. And then that final piece, um, it really is using the data and using the research, how do we mobilize? We often say that we have 2.4 million folks that we uh, consider members of NAACP between members, volunteers, um, partner organizations, et cetera. How do we mobilize the base of 2.4 million folks that we say that we're engaged in connecting it back to the data that tells us where we need to be to increase Black voter turnout, um, but then also the research to tell us the conversations and how we should approach the work as well. So that's the direction we've been focusing in on here at the association that really has paid off dividends over the last few cycles um, in terms of the work that we're doing. So you get a call in late spring, I assume, maybe uh, early summer, late spring, uh, asking you to run this ambitious program. Mm -hmm. Walk us through how you put it together. Like, where did you start? Um, we like to sort of tell, take our listeners, you know, behind the um, uh, behind the scenes on how massive projects like this get going. So where did you start? What were your sort of priorities uh, that you focused in on? Yeah, uh, really good question. I think our priorities, and we started, um, we, we got, we we started this this massive project um, late 2019, actually. And, and the first thing in terms of starting was thinking through what did we not do right in 2019, right? Um, we we launched this relational organizing program, a soft launch, if you will, a demonstration project in 2019. Uh, and one of the things that we, we noticed is that we did not engage volunteers or high propensity voters. We, we kind of did a cold ask. We sent mail out with list of names of folks in the community and tools that they can use to engage voters um, or to talk with voters. But we did not engage volunteers in the way that we're engaging volunteers now um, and that we've done this cycle um, to be a part of our program. Um, so for us, uh, we really had to think through and for myself is what does that ladder of engagement look like and why NAACP? This is a presidential election year. How are we going to get folks uh, who are not all NAACP members who may not be connected to NAACP engaged and involved in our program? Like, why does our program make sense for folks to be engaged in, to volunteer, to turn out Black voters? So the first portion of that, we had to think through what was the overall arching message of our program. 2018, we used what our lives depend on it through research that we saw. Um, if we've learned nothing else in 2020, we do know that <laughs> both our lives actually, actually do depend on it. Um, so we started with thinking through what is the framework um, of our campaign this year. We saw COVID that happened um, early, early February, late January, early February. In the middle of that, we was in the process of our research. Um, we tested what our lives depend on it again with some other messaging. Um, as you can imagine, that, that shot to the top in terms of all of our research that we focused in on. Um, so from there, um, it really was a host of conversations and, and using the moment or utilizing the moment of COVID, utilizing the moment of what's happening with all of the uprising that's happened um, with the Maya Aubrey, George Floyd, uh, and the list goes on. Um, and really engaging people off of that energy um, that folks had. 
um, and how uh, the black community was continued uh, to um, be looked at as an afterthought, if you will, in so many of these cases. Uh, so that's how we started our program, really. We, we, we focused in on really the messaging research and just thinking through um, how do we get folks involved in our program um, and then, of course, in terms of selecting our states, uh, we, we focus in on the data um, where we know and what the data have shown us. If we can increase black voter turnout um, by two to three percent in some of these states, uh, we know that we can see a different outcome in the election cycle uh, from top of the ticket all the way down um, to the bottom of the ticket. So we wanted to make sure that we approach the work uh, I mentioned earlier from a data driven standpoint. We didn't just want to say, hey, we know there's a lot of black folks in Georgia, so we should focus in in Georgia and do voter turnout. We want the data to show us um, that there are black folks in Georgia, but not just black folks in Georgia. Where should we be? What targeted district, legislative districts, um, we should actually be focusing in on to turn out um, uh, black voters um, and just not um, having a field day and just being all over the state, but being in specific areas where we know we will see impact um, and have an impact. And I think the last piece, um, again, it, it really is that ladder of engagement in terms of engaging volunteers. I think that was the biggest piece for us um, that we had to, to connect the dots around. How do we engage volunteers? Folks come to NAACP for a lot of different reasons, right? Whether it's civic engagement, whether it's issues they're having in their state, uh, whatever that looks like. So we had to connect the dots from COVID. So we, we saw so many things happen in the black community during, during, during this pandemic and still happening. Again, connecting issues to the uprisings that was happening prior to 2020, as we all know, and everything else that we do and connecting that all back to civic engagement and coming with one sound message. And that's how we got our start um, really for the relational organizing program um, and really working closely with um, GSSA out of Denver, Colorado, who, who really are the brains behind the, some of the frameworking, if you will, of how we approach the work in the relational organizing program. And tell us about uh, the partnership that you had with, or that you have with uh, AFSME, you guys announced uh, in the uh, early part of uh, September, seems like months ago, but you and AFSME came together for a uh, a program as well. Talk, can you tell, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, AFSCME is one of our, our key partners um, out of the labor movement that we work closely with and they support and we support much all of their work as well as they su support our work. Um, and just thinking through um, with the AFSCME political team, as many folks know, Black voter turnout is going to be crucial this election cycle uh, and, and focusing in and targeting um, black voters and engaging black voters, if you will, uh, makes sense. Right. So a lot of organizations are thinking through their work in a different lens this year. Um, so Ashley reached out and say, hey, uh, we see this, 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 this radio um, and digital, this media program that you guys are running that's heavily focused in on volunteer recruitment. We have some states that we're aligned in. Um, and that we're doing some work together and we wanna focus in on um, early mobilization, if you will. Um, so just having the conversations directly with AFSCME and team there, um, aligning our work, we both saw some gaps, um, some radio gaps, in, in, particularly in the black community, um, in Michigan, um, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, um, as well as North Carolina. 
Um, so we wanted to fill those gaps and make sure that we was targeting specifically uh, a younger demographic uh, of folks. Uh, we knew early voting was beginning to start. Um, mail-in ballots are already being dropped in some of the states. So folks are already receiving mail-in ballots. Um, so we wanted to make sure we approached along with AFSCME uh, making sure that we were on the air and making sure that we was targeting uh, young voters, black voters, particularly black men, um, if you will, young black men, and speaking directly to them um, around this upcoming election and what that means. So that's how we approach the work uh, and still continuing to think through with AFSCME um, on some of the programmatic stuff that we can continue to do with them over these next few weeks um, around the work. But there's an amazing partnership. Um, we think it's great over NAACP. Uh, we're excited. It's a different type of partnership that we've done with AFSCME in the past. Um, so being able to be up on radio um, and doing joint ads, if you will, um, together and thinking through the messaging together really uh, made sense. And we've seen that we are making um, huge strides in the areas that we are focusing on together. So, Dom, how much of what, I mean, obviously we've got an election in three weeks, but um, how much, and that's the priority here, right? But I, 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 I sort of, I also look at what you are putting together here and what you and the team over there is putting together there under, you know, obviously the leadership of president Johnson. Um, uh, but I look at it as sort of laying a really solid foundation for, um, engagement in years to come. Um, because you know, obviously, you're you're you guys are um, you know using innovative approaches, innovative approaches for this election. You're in some states that um, you know in years past, you know, progressives haven't really tried to really organize African American voters in, for example, Alabama, um, Texas, um, South Carolina, um, and. To me, it's it, you're not only sort of you're, you're you're obviously focused on this. You're obviously focused on November third, but I also think what is so fantastic about the program is that you're really laying a solid foundation for 2021, 2022, 20. You know, like for year. You know, and and it's not just about the presidency. Obviously, that's you know what people think about. You know, this what comes to mind for most voters is well, 2020. There's a presidential election, but. There are so many important races down ballot where it's important for uh, black voters to turn out and let their voice be heard. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of like you're here now, you're focused on this, but you're you know, you're you're going to leave a you know, a, you're building a legacy here and a building and uh, it seems to me an enduring program that, you know, will be very beneficial to uh, not only NAACP, but to also, you know, uh, the issue of turning out voters who typically don't turn out um, in elections. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good question. Um, yes, we, we all are focused on November 3rd, uh, but we do know that uh, there is a lot of work post November 3rd um, that we have to continue to do. And I, I think I started out um, with this when you asked um, our overall approach and how do we get here, if you will, as I mentioned, our civic engagement strategy has been a five-year strategy. Uh, we started in 2018, um, all the way through 2022, um, in terms of the work that we're doing. But to your to the question that you just asked, um, long-term impact. Um, the goal here, it, it really is, is not to only engage voters or, or black people, if you will, 
for November 3rd. We've seen that happen far too long. Uh, we've seen that happen um, from progressive organizations, from the party, um, from many groups who, who, who mobilize and oftentimes lean on the Black vote, um, if you will, um, for elections. And what we know at NAACP and what we know what we continue to have to do is deep, long-term organizing. Um, prior to this current presidential administration, there were holes and gaps um, in the Black community in terms of our needs, in terms of our agenda, in terms of our platform. Um, and, and that's just the reality, right? Um, and so what NAACP wants to do in using and leading this relational organizing program too is how do we continue to stay in contact, not only with these high propensity voters that we're engaging, um, that we know that for the most part um, will vote, um, but engaging infrequent low propensity voters, how do we stay in contact with those low propensity voters and make sure they are involved and they are around and in a sense of community, um, if you will, making sure that they are engaged in the entire political process, um, not only on the federal level, um, but as you mentioned a second ago, we have elections in 2021. It, it's a thing, right? Uh, there, there's some off-year gubernatorial races that's going to be happening. Um, but then we know the midterm elections are happening right back up again um, in 2022. Um, and depending what happens this November, um, it probably will be continue to be a fight for the Senate, um, as well as, as, as the House and, and so many other things that will be happening engaging. So how do we make sure that if we have the numbers that we know that we're going to have and we feel that we're going to have, this November that we had in 2012 and in 2008, how do we ensure that we don't have drop off like we saw in 2010 and 2014 during those midterm elections? And that is going to take long term, long term organizing, um, long term, uh, long term organizing and engagement, if you will. So building that solid infrastructure and foundation. So that is, that is our primary focus um, here at the association. I mentioned that data, 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 it, it really is the main thing that is driving all of our work. Um, so we're, as we're engaging voters, as we're engaging volunteers, as we're engaging partners, we're always collecting data. We're always building our database so we can continue to put folks on a track um, to make sure um, after November 3rd, whatever happens, we are engaging folks based upon the data that we have, based upon the pre-conversations or conversations that we've already had with them. So this is a long-term um, organizing um, investment, if you will, um, to really build out um, Black political power at the end of the day. Okay, my friend, I asked this to uh, uh, everyone I have on now uh, recently. What keeps you up at night? Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so much, as you know, uh, that keeps me up at night. Um, I would say now uh, what keeps me up at night is what is actually going to happen uh, on November 4th more so than November 3rd, um, because there will be an aftermath. Um, and I don't think any of us know uh, what the aftermath will be. Um, on November 3rd, going into that next day on November 4th. Um, so I would say the content, the, the, uh, the plan, what is the, the plan for whatever happens after November 4th at this point, probably, I mean, November 3rd at this point keep me, keeps me up at night, um, most days because I know it's going to be a different, um, a different outcome regardless of whatever happened, um, Tuesday night on November 3rd. And we have, we'll have a lot of work to do on November 4th. If people want to volunteer with the NAACP uh, over the next couple of weeks, where should they go? Yeah, folks can go to naacp.org forward slash volunteer. 
Again, that's naacp.org forward slash volunteer. Um, and there are multiple ways um, that folks can volunteer. Um, they can text, they can be a part of our virtual phone bank. Uh, we are looking for poll monitors. We are seeing what's happening across the country already at the polls. We're looking for lawyers. Um, and then we are also recruiting folks for our no contact canvassing program um, in our current states that we're focusing in on. Again, that's naacp.org um, forward slash volunteer. All right, my friend, listen, you're a busy guy. I don't want to take any more of your time, but I really appreciate you jumping on here and talking about the civic engagement program. It's incredible the work you and the team over there have been doing uh, and will do. Um, And, uh, you know, I I appreciate it. I know a lot of people appreciate it. Um, And uh, look, just uh, stay safe, stay healthy, um, keep moving, keep pushing. and uh, we'll have you back on after this is all over with so we can talk about, you know, everything that went right and uh, look at sort of the, you know, what the future holds. All right. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Dominic Whitehead from uh, the NAACP is the Civic Engagement Director. Um, Michael, um, just three weeks to go. Um we're going to try to pack in uh, as many people as we can over the next uh, uh, two or three weeks to discuss sort of, every, you know, all the important. Um, let, me, let me let me start over. Michael, only three weeks to go. So we're going to try to pack in as many good guests as we can between now and Election Day. Anything you're you're interested in hearing about any uh, anyone you're interested in hearing from? Um. I mean, I certainly think um, hearing from people on the ground closer to uh, people making their decisions and kind of hearing about how the uh, the the extended voting periods are, are going in certain places, um, I think would be really interesting. You know, what to me is really interesting is just the flood of um, donations that are going into uh, candidates right now. I mean, you know, Jamie Harrison, who's running for the Senate in South Carolina against Lindsey Graham. He announced that he raised, uh, I believe, $57 million in the last quarter, which is a Senate record. Uh, you also saw phenomenal fundraising numbers from people like John Hickenlooper, uh, Barbara Boyer, um, uh, who else? Teresa Greenfield, um, you know, just all sorts of folks, Mark Kelly in Arizona, um, all of the Democrats, you know, and, that, and that's not just in the Senate and the House, we're seeing phenomenal fundraising. And that's, that, that's able to keep them, you know, competitive with Republicans. And, and, and in fact, in most cases, uh, out uh, communicate Republicans. And so I think I'm going to dig into that a little bit. I'm going to try to find the right person to dig in with that. Um, but uh, yeah, look, we got to, I think having a battleground edition with some folks from maybe Michigan, Pennsylvania, and, uh, and Wisconsin and Florida, that might make some sense too. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I think there is some sense that that November 3rd feels like some finish line, but it, it really isn't. So um, it, it's it's all these same people and these ideas are still going to be um, are there are going to be there after the election. And it's good to see that that people are getting support um, beyond beyond November 3rd. OK, so. For my uh, super producer, Michael Pelquin, this is Doug Thornell. This has been another episode of The Electables. Uh, We'll be back soon. Uh, If you haven't already, um, 
vote early if you can and then go volunteer. Um, too much is at stake uh, for this election not to participate. Um, and uh, uh, you have great organizations like the NAACP who are uh, doing everything they can to engage voters and turn them out. So um, we'll catch you next time. This has been The Electables. The Electables.